Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the governor of Michigan calls on Canada to clear border blockades. This is hurting communities across the country. That's why I've been working closely with, uh, with uh, municipal leaders, uh, with all of our partners. I had a long conversation with Premier Ford last night. Uh, we're going to continue to do what's necessary to end these barricades. Candace Bergen tells the protesters to go home. I believe the time has come for you to take down the barricades, stop the disruptive action, and come together. The economy you want to see reopen is hurting. And Ontario has yet to meet with other levels of government as the protests continue. I don't know if Doug Ford knows this. Ottawa's actually in the province that he's the premier of. It's not in some distant part of this country or some other part of the world. It's one of the largest cities in this province that he is premier of. And he didn't have the decency or the, or the, or the capacity or the empathy to pick up the phone and call Jim Watson. It's Friday, February 11th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Joanna Smith, the Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Canadian Press. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning, Mark. So let's talk about the latest on where we stand with not just the protest in downtown Ottawa, but also at the Ambassador Bridge between Windsor and Detroit. And uh, we've heard that the U.S. government is offering some help. There are also officials in the U.S., including the governor of Michigan, calling on Canada to bring to an end the blockade at the bridge, uh, the uh, international bridge. Um, so what what are you hearing about the different pieces that are that are coming together here and whether anybody is willing to act and, and bring these blockades to an end? I think uh, yesterday was really a day on the political side of, growing pressure, um, both in Canada and the United States and municipally in Ottawa and provincially in Ontario and federally um, in that part of Ottawa to really find an end to this. Um, you know, we went from a disruptive protest that was really bothering the citizens of a capital city, and I think it was hard for some people who don't live here to understand the magnitude, really, um, of what people were dealing with and just how difficult it was uh, for residents of Ottawa and, and businesses. And I think there was just, a, you know, a, a sense from some people that, oh, it's a capital city, you know, um, and I think those of us who live here were, were trying to get people to understand. Um, but then this has spilled over um, some time ago and now now getting much bigger and in different places to border crossings, right? And and we're talking about a very busy border crossing um, from Windsor to Detroit. And the governor of Michigan uh, came out yesterday and said, listen, this has to stop. She's urging federal, provincial, and local authorities in Canada to immediately end the blockades. They're, they say She says that it's threatening her state's economy. So it's not just about Ottawa anymore, and it's not just about Ontario anymore. And, you know, um, there was a Michigan congresswoman as well, Alyssa Slotkin, who had been warning uh, that similar protests happening in the future, the longer Canadian authorities let let this go on. And and she's also recently used this as an argument for more protectionist policies in the U.S., saying, if this is threatening our auto industry, then maybe we got to think really strongly about pushing through with Buy American policies. So that's something I imagine uh, the Canadian government is concerned about. Um, so, you know, we're hearing that uh, President Biden is being briefed regularly on this. Uh, White House officials are telling our Washington correspondent that, uh, you know, you, the U.S. Homeland Security Secretary, the Transportation Secretary have been speaking regularly with their counterparts. So this has become... Um, 
more and more of a of an international issue and one that's getting international attention and yet sort of unclear um, exactly how how this thing ends still. Yeah. One thing that has changed significantly, though, is that the leader of the Conservative Party, the interim leader, Candace Bergen, has now called on the protesters to go home. And that's a reversal of her earlier position. And I know this this issue has divided conservatives. Uh, there are there are those who who continue to support the protesters. Um, but in this case, Candace Bergen said, uh, you've made your point. Uh, you've been heard. The Conservatives will now carry your message forward in the House of Commons, but it's time for you to go home. So uh, I know there must have been a lot of internal discussion before Candace Bergen got to this point. That's right, and I think it's another symptom of how this event has evolved from something that was a a local Ottawa issue, uh, getting a lot of national attention, but was largely a local Ottawa issue and is now really affecting the broader economy. And so, you know, speaking of internal discussions, what's really interesting is that nearly a couple of weeks ago now, there was there was an email that was uh, leaked regarding some internal discussions within conservative leadership, and, and it had uh, interim leader Candace Bergen saying, I don't think we should be asking them to go home. And then she said she would, you know, do what they th- she thought they could do what they should to make the demonstrations the Prime Minister's problem. So yesterday there was a debate in the House of Commons and she really backed down on that. But it was interesting because she started with this. She said, you know, she started with a, a message of sympathy, really, for the protesters in a way. You know, you came bringing a message. That message has been heard. Conservatives have heard you. We're going to keep fighting for you. We're going to, you know, we're not going to stop fighting for you until the mandates have ended. So she's not distancing herself from that part of the message. Um, But then she added, and this is where the shift was, you know, I want you to take down all the blockades, protest peacefully and legally, but it's time to remove the barricades and the trucks for the sake of the economy. So again, she's not distancing herself from their cause. She's distancing herself and and calling for an end to, you know, the the border blockades and this this broader, uh, these broader efforts. Yeah. And I think it is worth noting that there are people who will point out this um, this is being portrayed as one group of protesters um, but it, it there there are different groups of people who are part of it and I think I think there are those who look at this and and they see elements of the protest that are uh, representing some very dangerous messages and hateful messages and then there are Others who are looking at it and seeing an element of the protest that is simply disagreeing with a government government position about something. And depending on who you decide to, to look at, you might uh, have a different perspective on what this protest actually represents. It's a bit of a Rorschach test, I think, for, for some politicians. I think you're right. And I think that that is one of the reasons it's so fascinating, frankly, for those of us who love watching politics, but also really complicated um, for the Liberal Party, I think, in particular, the Liberal government. Um, and, you know, we, we saw some uh, internal unrest uh, with caucus just spill out in the open earlier this week um, with Joel Lightbound coming out and, and saying that he didn't like how Trudeau was approaching the issue with, you know, divisive rhetoric. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think others could argue that the timing of spilling that message out wasn't, wasn't ideal and, and it's sort of in a situation where we are slowly coming out of the pandemic. More and more public health officials are talking about this becoming endemic, and maybe it is time to start thinking about lifting some restrictions, and we're seeing that happening 
very recently in Alberta and Saskatchewan. So you, so you have that sort of that approach um, that maybe it is time to move on, but then you can, you know, maybe not want to be seen to be caving to the protesters' demands, right? So, so that that's all part of the uh, complicated nature of this, yeah. how to respond to it. All right, I wanted to touch on one more thing, Joanna, and that is the fact that although uh, all levels of government now are seeming to send the same message about what needs to happen, the Ontario government isn't meeting with the federal government and local government in Ottawa uh, when they get together to talk about this protest and what can be done. Uh, Doug Ford did speak with the Prime Minister the other night, but his government is not represented at these meetings, which is kind of interesting, isn't it? It is, yeah. Earlier this week, uh, Bill Blair, the Minister for Emergency Preparedness, had announced his plan for a trilateral table, which is a classic, classic political speak, you know, for for a, a group that would involve federal, provincial government, and the Ottawa government as well. And Ontario, so far, they've they've just not responded to the invitations or uh, to take part. Um, you know, and one one thing they're saying uh, is that they politicians at any level can't direct the police. Um, and they're also saying, you know, Ottawa police already have the legislative power they need to handle this. So it's, it's interesting because they think, you know, that's uh, technically true, uh, I guess, in terms of the criminal code being what it is. But we've seen for a couple of weeks now the, the police chief in Ottawa saying, that listen, we can't, we don't have enough. Um, and what's interesting is that uh, the city of Ottawa They've also asked for 1,800 extra officers and put that request into the province, and they're, they're still sort of waiting for, for an answer on that. So um, it's unclear what is it going to end that uh, stalemate at this time, and I just can't imagine that not talking to each other is, is going to help much. All right. We will see what happens. Uh, Joanna, I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. That's Joanna Smith, the Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Canadian Press. In a crisis... People don't want to hear the excuse of jurisdiction. People are fed up, and we need to immediately see leadership to fix this. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues the response to the occupation and blockades has been a massive failure of leadership. The Star writes, At both the federal and provincial levels, we've heard politicians insist all week that this must end and promise help for beleaguered cities. And yet, day after day, it has amounted to little more than empty words. The Ford government won't even take part in the federal government's tripartite table, insisting there's no point because it's a local policing matter. Authorities in Ottawa and in Windsor are still begging for help. Municipalities have been basically abandoned by politicians who are playing jurisdictional games rather than figuring out an effective response to the occupation and blockades. At TVO.org, Matt Gurney asks, Where all the leaders are in the midst of multiple crises? Gurney writes, I think the most important thing to understand about the convoy protest crises now unfolding in this country is that many of our leaders are overwhelmed and confused by a situation that they were not prepared for. It has echoes of the beginning of the pandemic. The protests now rocking Canada aren't a virus, but it's the same leaders. In many cases, literally the exact same people in the same roles, in the same institutions, who yet again had early warning that something was brewing, had a pretty good idea of what was planned, and then were stunned to find it happening. 
At National News Watch, Glenn Pearson considers the dangers of political myopia. Pearson writes, Large swaths of our population feel disenchanted, disconnected, and denied. But little in our national tendency has been towards hatred, anarchy, or violence. And yet, there are those moments, like the trucker protest, when we wonder if we are inching closer to the precipice of political and social chaos. Our country has issues, serious ones at our core, that require attention. But for the media, politicians, and citizens to permit their time to be dominated by a fringe attempt at democratic overthrow is to forestall our recovery and the move back to normal life. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. Health Minister Jean-Yves Duclos, Mental Health and Addictions Minister Carolyn Bennett, and Minister of Women Marcy Ian will host a virtual event to mark the International Day of Women and Girls in Science and Black History Month. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, February the 11th. Tune in to Primetime Politics Weekend on CPAC for coverage of all the week's events. Our podcast returns Monday morning. Have a great weekend.